Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library, and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, and joining me is Risha Lilienthal with the museum and Reggie Bauer with Power 96. Today we are talking chemicals and camping. camping. Yeah. That's Which a combination. Sounds like a disaster. <laughs> the bonfire. Which this podcast may turn into as we keep rolling. That's very true. Yep. We're, we're allergy laden and um, brain fogged mm-hmm. today. Um, yeah, so chemicals. Right. Well, first it started out because you had said Memorial Weekend's coming up. Yes, I did say that. And, and it is. It's this it weekend. It is, right. And so I started to think about our different kind of military items that we have. And one of the things that I thought about were our gas masks. And chemical warfare began in the First World War with chlorine gas being used uh, by German troops on April 22, 1915. And that killed 1,100 Allied soldiers and injuring like an unknown number of more. Wow. Yeah, that's it was devastating. Just it was probably like, like brand new right. at the time too. People getting in there, they're like, What is this? We have never yeah. seen this before. Uh, <laughs> completely new form of attack. I'm just trying to put myself in that mindset of how you would react to that when mm-hmm. that right. whatever it does bursts, lands, pops. <laughs> 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 and you're standing there, and people are getting ill and, mm-hmm. and dying. I, I can't imagine. Oh, Wafts through, and you're like, what do I do? Yeah, it, it's scary. I know. It's, you it's, never know what's gonna, if it's going to come. You can't see your attacker. Uh, it just yeah, ebbs in. Crazy. Um, we have a small box respirator on display at the museum from Max Stoner was his name. He was... Um, one of our guys who was over there. And uh, next to it, we have a World War II gas mask as well. And those ones were a lot more precautionary because chemical warfare was used a lot less because people yeah. did see it as being so horrific. After the first one, they were like, let's not do this yeah, again. This wasn't, this wasn't cool, guys. You let's, know, like, that, let's at least establish a bar of decency <laughs> in, in war. war. <laughs> right. <Ugh. laughs> um, and we also, one of the men who served over there that we have a lot of his items is named Joseph Peter McGann. And we even have like his little horse bridle rosette that he oh, had. Oh, I love that piece. Isn't that neat? Yes. Yeah. Um, but he, a little bit about him, I loved uh, his obituary that I read because it had a lot of, don't laugh at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> It just seems so wrong to say I, I love, love his obituary. Uh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it had so many cool little stories about him mm. in it. Um, like, he went overseas right towards the end of the war in 1918 and served in France. But in his obituary, a few of the sentences that were written uh, said, All who know him and know of his numerous close shaves with the Grim Reaper mm. admire him and find in inspiration in such rugged character hmm. that is a great Isn't that obit great? line <laughs> uh he grew up and lived in albert lee for a lot of his life and uh, another sentence was he was a country boy raised in minnesota in world war one he joined up and landed in france where he served in the front ranks he was severely gassed and wounded since that time joe has rarely had a day without physical trouble hmm. Hmm. 
but all who know him have yet to hear him whimper. He's always on the cheerful side. Always. Joe is colorful. Under pressure, he could outcuss the best in the business. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe was born in Freeborn County, lived and worked in Albert Lee for the earlier part of his life. Uh, also in there, it said he was one of the type of soldiers of our country who suffered much and complained little. Mm. So I thought that was really neat about him. And the fact that chemical warfare, you know, was another thing that affected him after the war for the rest of his life. Well, I mean, you still have, um, you know, a lot of the Vietnam veterans today are suffering from Agent Orange. Yep. That was Mm. my my grandfather died because of um, bone cancer due Mm -hmm. to Agent Orange. Yeah. Yeah. In his early 60s. So even though we kind of learned a lesson, we really didn't learn a lesson, (laughs) did we? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And gas masks, that's why they were so important. And um, that's also another thing that made styles change in men's style you know in military men they are now clean shaven oh sure so the gas mask yep yep so uh that's why nowadays Mm -hmm. well although now it is starting to come back because they're being able to make gas masks that don't have the hair interfere with the actual a little more concealed you're right but yeah, it's pretty much the default for military servicemen to be clean shaven. Hmm. Uh, and before that, like in the Civil War, if you look at them, they got the mutton chops right. and stuff. Right. It was like a sign of manliness Everybody for the beard. Had that back then. Yeah, I had a I had a boss that did uh, reenactments. Oh. Uh, that would come in all of a sudden you'd start noticing the sideburns getting a little big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, must oh be a reenactment coming up. Uh-huh. Um, also, I'd be interested if anybody would like to look at a child's gas mask. They are creepy. Like Mickey Mouse gas mm-hmm. masks <laughs> from I, World War II especially. But I suppose that's how you got them to keep it on. I know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was way more than I had expected for this episode. <laughs> yes, Mickey Mouse is live and in studio today. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, Make sure you're clean shaven, kids. Oh, no. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, it was interesting as I was reading on some of this, because I thought of American Gas. Right. And in World War II, American gas company, machine company um, kind of revived their production line when it secured war contracts to produce gasoline lanterns for and field range burners, portable stoves, Ooh. and heaters for the military. Wow. Like that was their start? or No. They started in 1894 oh, okay. when H.C. Hansen was tinkering around and began designing a gas lighting apparatus. But they went through, um, he finally picked the name American Gas Machine for the company. He got some local investors and uh, enabled a little venture to expand into the old Enterprise Foundry Building, which was on the corner of Washington Avenue and William Street. Mm -hmm. By 1904, that building was too small, um, and they began manufacturing new lighting system um, which consisted of, I thought this was cool, a pressurized storage tank for gasoline vapors fed through a hollow wire piping system and special burners to produce light and heat 
I think that they're talking there about the street lamps oh, that he oh. did. You know, we've huh. got that base of a street right. lamp. So that's where you'd put the gas canister. Okay. And then the hoarding would go up. Yeah, it's got it the door. It has opening, yeah. And, and that it would be lit. Um, and once the gas was out, the light would go off. Mm-hmm. But then they'd come and replace that tank the next day. So that's where they led to the new building, which this was kind of an interesting. It was a strong competitor of that newfangled electricity. Oh. <laughs> that newfangled. Those darn kids and their electricity. <laughs> definitely found a market in rural oh, areas, which gosh. I thought was just great. <laughs> oh, um, dear. But they, it, by 1910, they had to expand again. Um, and by the 1920s, they had to expand again. But in the 1930s, with the um, Depression oh, sure. and the strike at American Gas oh. Company, which they never really truly like, overcame, um, the military contract kind of helped them get back to their normal, okay. I shouldn't say normal because they were making different items, mm-hmm. but the production increased significantly. Sure. And then once the war was done, that production dropped again. The, it says here the plant operation was greatly reduced, although they continued production of gas ranges, circulating heaters, and water heaters. Um, eventually, it was purchased by Queen Stove Works. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so this is what we were talking about earlier on. The opening to this article says there's an interesting story back of every Scotsman <laughs> ice machine. And I'm like, yeah. that's weird, tie-in. <laughs> um, but the merger of Queen Stove Works and American Gas... Uh, followed with the introduction of the now world-famous Scotsman ice machine. Mm-hmm. And that was originally manufactured here in Albert Lake. Yeah, right. Which we have great <laughs> Scotsman ice yeah, machine items um, that'll be getting worked on during yeah. our business. A nice, a nice refresh. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. American Gas did like some really cool... Like just yesterday, you walked oh my into my gosh. office with this... It was so li- cool. ...little round ashtray mm-hmm. that was called... What did it say on the it's outside? A, well, it's it? an American kook, or like, you know, K-O-O-K, cook. Um, and, oh gosh, what did it say? It had, like, cleanliness. Um, was it the kitchen cook? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. called a kitchen cook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a kitchen Which, cook it, ashtray. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was just a really unique yeah. little... But yeah, I was so like, the, what is this? And then I looked at it. It's an ashtray. Oh, it's got this little thing coming out where you put the cigarette, right. and then it just falls into this little ball. Mm. I was like, wow, I guess mm. that is clean. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's adorable, but though. They did lanterns, lights, um, all kinds of castings, copper coil water heaters, flat irons, gasoline gas stoves, hmm. heating burners, camp cook camp stoves, kitchen mm-hmm. cook, portable lamps for desks, jewelers, <laughs> parlor, stock tank heaters, and Taylor's irons. And I think oh. we must have at least one of everything, oh, yeah. if not ten Probably. of everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make a really cool um, display. Right. I actually even found, because you know, we're talking about doing some setting up, and I found where you can make like a little felt flames. Because I thought if we're going to do the um, camp cook camp stove, wouldn't that be fun to have little <laughs> <laughs> flames coming out? So yeah. maybe a That's marshmallow. Cute. <laughs> I yeah. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Got carried away. Oh, well, creativity rattling in your brain. That's always. Good. That's good. It's always um, rattling in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you had mentioned the Queen products part of that, too. Yeah. Because American Gas, as you, like, look at the history of it, they 
kept on like partnering or changing their name throughout history with a lot of different groups. And we have in our collection that we got in just last year a winged tent made in Albert Lee by Queen Products Division of the King Seely Corporation in 1960. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah, because King Seely actually purchased Queen Stoveworks after mm-hmm. they purchased American right. Gas. Huh. So it all like trickled Shh. down there. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> <Get> crunk. <laughs> oh, but that was owned by Earl and Alice Jacobson, that tent. Uh, and they purchased it around the time that it came out in 1960. Linda in the library has a really cool article that shows the ad for the exact wing tent that we have. It's really cool looking. Maybe we should set it up during the state uh, during the state, the fair. state fair. Whoa. <laughs> okay, Hoytus, that's a challenge. You got a big one there for the Freeborn County Fair. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, because it has all of its parts. We could definitely set it up. Uh, They used it for about 15 years while their two sons were growing up. And they camped in state and national parks. And mainly they set up camp by a rushing stream or in a mountain meadow. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was that was a sweet story that she brought and told us. They also had a homemade little, like, kitchen set that they brought. See, we could do that, and then we could also set out one of the Camp Cook camp yeah, stoves. Yeah, right. Do a nice little tie-in. That would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. Okay, <laughs> got a game plan. Yeah, and as I was thinking about camping, I thought about our um, Helmer Myrie State Park, which yeah. is the Myrie Big Island Park, which was also just the Big Island Park. You know, the names have changed a lot over the years. It was... Uh, Helmer Myrie is an interesting person. He, he is. Yeah, there's there's a lot, but also not a lot on him that you can find easily just like on the internet itself. Like we have stuff with Linda. That we have she quite has. a bit. She's got a pretty yeah. good little bio on him. Yeah. Because uh, he was sheriff. Right. He was a wrestler. Uh-huh. He was the light heavyweight <laughs> wrestling champion of the world in yeah, 1922 was, to 1920. Yeah. No, 21 to 22. Yeah. Internationally yeah. recognized. Huh. Yeah. Right. He was on the police force. And then, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you said became sheriff. And uh, he was born on a farm in Iowa, but then moved up to Geneva, 1915 or 1918. And then came to Albert Lee in 1921 and became, you know pretty much a staple here yeah we've got some great photographs of him too one in his his wrestling gear yeah um, which is i just love that oh it's such a good picture um but there's some um we've got some of the i don't know what do you call the flyers that people hand out when they're running for office like a pamphlet or yeah yeah but it's more of a like the promotion eight and a half by 11 sheet with a big photo on it so it's really not a it's not just a flyer. It's more of a, it, I like guess, a maybe it's just a flyer. I, I already warned you, this brain's a little <laughs> radley today. <laughs> but that's a really good picture of him, too, on that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just, we have some fun pictures of Helmer Myrie. Yeah. And he was one who was kind of instrumental in helping that state park that we have here grow. And that's why it was, you know, named after him, because he advocated for it a lot. Uh, but originally it was Big Island. Uh, before that, I don't know what. Oh, really? You know. so yeah. Originally, it was Big Island. Right. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm. I uh, thought originally it was Helmer Myrie, and it just kind of, Big Island just kind of took on its, huh, No, yeah. After he helped it out, they changed it to first just Helmer Myrie State Park, and then in, I think, 1960, 
um, or 63 or so when they expanded it again. Oh, nope, it was 1990. It, they, the park's previous names were all combined into the new official moniker, Myrie Big Island State Park. Okay. Hmm. Yep. A lot of people go camping out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you look at the state park website, it talks mm-hmm. also about, like, the geology of it, too. Sure. Which I thought was cool because, you know, we have talked about some of the stuff we have left over from the big glacier, the mm-hmm. Des Moines lobe that went all across Freeborn County and then receded. And it talks about that and how that helped with all of the lakes that are around here, too, and deposited that. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. There's also supposedly on Helmer or what is it now? Myrie Big Island. Yes. There is supposedly a shed that at one point had been an archaeological museum mm-hmm. that has a lot of items that were found similar to some that we have in the museum. Yeah. Would be a great the, um, exhibit. Yeah. Uh, Owen Johnson was the name of yes. the, the man who really put a lot of that together in the mid-1940s. He researched and was looking at all of the items that he was finding, the arrowheads, the different pottery pieces, and uh, that helped identify that people have been living in that area for over 9,000 right, years. Right, Yeah. Um, MHS, I believe, came and cataloged, photographed all of those, mm-hmm. so they are all... It'd be fun to get a copy of the catalog. Yeah. I wonder if that's possible. Uh, it's not uh, available, like the items aren't available for people to see right, right. now, but that would be cool to know but what they have I, out I, there. I wonder if MHS would be able to provide us a copy. Mm-hmm. I would have to check mm-hmm. on that. Oh. I have friends who camp out there quite a bit. Yeah. I wonder do if the scouting troops locally go out there and camp. Oh, I don't know. Because that would probably be a good spot. I know my brother and sister-in-law go out there a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fun spot because even when you're walking, you can usually stumble across arrowheads or mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. looking. Really? Yeah. 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 Huh. So now be, Reggie's interested. He's right. going to go. <laughs> We're going to go see him <laughs> digging a by fun, a lake. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be a fun place to go, even if you're just going to go hike for the day. Yeah. So one of the things when we were talking about starting this up and, and you went to... Um, Camping? I just lost my, you went to camping. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. I went to, I'm so glad it's Friday. Right. <laughs> I went to scouting. Um, and Linda had pulled a little letter that a Freeborn Countyan had written in 2012. Um, Alicia Ross Erickson, who talked about um, starting her, starting in the Girl Scout troops in 1936 and 1937 wow. here in Albert Lee. Some and of they, those brownie uniforms are adorable. Super cute, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she said each member had their own handbook explaining principles of scouting, listing the rules. They didn't have uniforms or other insignia because no one could afford it, but they oh. did have Girl Scout pins. Well, I guess in the 30s. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Would have been tough. Aww. You wouldn't have had extra extra spending money. Everything was rationed, too. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I suppose that was more so towards the war. Well, I'm, well during I, the Depression as well, yeah, though. I yeah. think it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Fabric and everything mm-hmm. was used sparingly. Uh, she went on to say that they learned values, behavior, and the history of scouting. Aw. I like behavior. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like elegance school. And she doesn't, well, here, she says, I remember the troop walking around the lake and bringing food for a picnic in a wooded area where Richway Drive <laughs> intersects with Lake Shore Drive. There was a wild plant growing along the banks called Solomon's Seal, which our scout manual said was okay to eat. We tried. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that's tried. so fun. <laughs> Isn't that cute? They went to a Girl Scout camp located at the edge of a lake in Waseca, and I don't know what lake that was in Waseca, um, mm. 
But when you think back to, you know, the 30s, that was a hike. Like, now we drive right. that all the time. We sure. had to Waseca for, the, you know, what, a cup of coffee. Right. <laughs> now it was... Yeah. Yeah, it would have taken you a little while. Yeah. Yeah. But they had a dock, had a swimming area. They did crafts, hiking, swimming, and singing. Uh, They were there for a whole week, twice during the summer. And she said, in 1995, I revisited the area and discovered the old wreck building was still there. Oh, wow. I don't know if it's still a camp. I'm going to guess if there's a wreck building, they use it for something. Maybe, yeah. they also learned how to make socks. Oh, they learned how to darn? Um, well, I'm not, she doesn't call it darning. Oh, okay. They met at the home of Maud Kovnig, okay. K-O-E-V-N-I-G, Kovnig, Kovnig. Oh, um, no. After school, they were older and eager to do their part to help the war effort. Maud taught us how to knit warm black socks Aww. for the men sailing in cold waters of the North Sea between England and Scandinavia. The socks were knit in a spiral pattern and would fit anyone. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Local Girl Scouts had their office on Broadway above the Rivoli Theater. Oh, wow. Well, you got a lot of buzzwords in there. I know, yeah. right? That little short blurb that yeah. she wrote, it was like... Holy cow, that's a lot of <laughs> well, touch points. And you talked about the, the what, the Solomon seed thing that they could eat. Yes, yes. That's like, you know, when kids are going out, you say, like, don't put that in your mouth. You yeah. can't have that in your mouth. And so to say, hey, this, you can, you can eat this. Sure. You know, that's something I remember when I was little. There's this the little purple flower that's the honeysuckle. And my dad was like, you know, if you take this petal off and you put that on your tongue, you can taste a little bit of honey. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I could eat a plant. Right. <laughs> I always I always planted things that my kids could eat or taste, mm-hmm. like nasturtium. Flowers are edible. Oh. Um, I believe, I think pansies are edible. Hmm. So it's always kind of fun to have something where you can, sure, you can eat that. <laughs> Go ahead. You're Go talking to somebody that still has not grown out of the not eating vegetables phase so. <laughs> oh plant oh, eating no. <laughs> i feel like um that was a challenge no that was no not no oh. <laughs> <laughs> so i was just looking up solomon's seal and yeah. um, it says many species have long been used as a food in china okay the leaves the stems and the rhizomes are used raw or cooked do you have a picture of it there? Let's see. I do. It's a kind of a pretty little flower. Oh, it's like this like white mm. kind of bell-like. Almost, almost looks like a version of a of a um, lily of the garden. Just a little lily of, lily the, of the valley. valley. <laughs> That's what my last name means. I'm like lily of the garden. <laughs> <laughs> You're the lily of the garden. <laughs> no, I'm a lily of the valley. <laughs> oh, you can also fry them with sugar and honey to make sweet snacks. Ooh, oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. interesting. There you yeah, go. So you Solomon's a, Seal. Gave a recipe out. That's I nice. wonder if you can still find them along the riverbanks or the oh. lake banks. Might have to go on a... A little field trip. Might have to go on a field trip. <laughs> Make sure you bring your popcorn. Mm-hmm.